You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Becky Well Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and J-Rod here with you. We've got a lot of football to preview because J-Rod's here. He's got a lot of picks, college football and NFL football. We'll start with college, though, and the marquee game, suffice to say, J-Rod, will be Texas at Alabama. Tides a a 7.5-point favorite. The total's 56.5. I wonder if some folks are looking at last year's Texas-Alabama game, and it's kind of clouding judgment a little bit. There's not a whole lot of game film, at least offensively, that Texas can go back to and feel like that they know what Alabama is trying to do. And so defensively, they can come up with some key ideas for how to stop them. I think this is more wide open. And for that reason, I feel like the coaching advantage is a little more exacerbated in this matchup than, say, last year's. So I look at this seven and a half and I go, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama can cover that at home. I'm with you. And, you know, and, and Nick Saban, you got to remember, you know, Sarkeesian uh, playing against his, the guy he coached for, uh, all these sort of things that always surround Steve Sarkeesian, you know, it, and it's, it's hardly seems to be ever good uh, things that surround him. You just wonder how much it'll be in his head playing against uh, Saban again and you wonder in, in a way Saban may want to show Sarkeesian why he's the boss he's always been the boss and will be the boss moving forward so I can see Alabama actually laying the wood on Texas at this game yeah for sure what's uh, another game for week two that stands out to you well the, the one that really got me intrigued was that was the Notre Dame NC State matchup and it's interesting because mm. Sam Hartman who has been great for Notre Dame, remember he goes back to NC State where he's where he's played against the Wolfpack three times. Remember he was the quarterback at Wake Forest. So this game's in Raleigh. Notre Dame is laying seven and a half of a total of fifty and a half. But Hartman, and now granted, I get it. He was with Wake, hasn't fared very well against NC State. One and two in those three games. Six interceptions in those games. NC State always finds a way to hang in these kinds of games. And Notre Dame comes in with an explosion of offense. Um, you know, I, what they did to Navy and what they did last week, you know, getting into the 40-plus range. I like I like NC State getting seven and a half at home. I like them. I think Hartman has some ghosts in Raleigh. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if NC State comes out uh, gangbusters and, and cover that seven and a half. I, I like that play in large part because while I do like Hartman a lot and I feel like this Notre Dame offense, offense can very well click, they have played two games already. And I wonder if they start to stumble just a little bit. They face just a little bit of adversity. I'm not saying Notre Dame can't have a great year, but, you know, 
by three games, I got to feel like there's at some point when things don't quite work out for them. So in that respect, I think that makes a ton of sense. So, so I'm definitely with you there. One game that uh, stands out to me uh, outside of the marquee ones would be Houston at Rice. The total's 51 and a half, and I really like the over here. I mentioned earlier that because so many people are now fixated on the running clock and the new rules in college football, that maybe they will continue hunting for unders. And I think the market will probably adjust, if not immediately, definitely by, say, Saturday. And so that's the first aspect. And 51 and a half is not that big of a total. Second thing, too, is I think that even though Houston is largely overlooked when it comes to Big 12 title possibilities, and and rightfully so, I think that defense is going to be a work in progress, I don't think offensively they're going to struggle very much. Uh, You look at, say, what they were able to do last year, carry over to some key rankings. I think Houston's offense can be just fine, and they're going up against a Rice defense that will also be a work in progress. And overall, 51 and a half is not a big number to me. And so I think Houston uh, could either get there almost by themselves or we could see a good back and forth affair. Either way, I think we'll see at least 52 points in that game. Yeah, I like that a lot. And and the pretty good game going on here in Miami next weekend is Texas A&M playing the Hurricanes. Now, it's, it's A&M laying five and a half with a total of 49 and a half. I like the over in that game, and that's completely contrarian toward last year. Remember, last year A&M won the game 17 to nine. They held the Hurricanes to nine points. This is year two under Mario Cristobal. They've got nine returning on offense, 10 returning on defense. They looked good against Miami of Ohio, as they should have. I like the over in that game. I like over 49 and a half. I think we're going to see points. You know, Tyler Van Dyke, the 25-year quarterback for 25-year senior for for Miami, as you like to say, Ed. Um, (laughs) I I like points in this game. I like points in this game. Um, It'll be interesting to see, you know, A&M traveling uh, to Miami, how they deal with it. Um, and I love Xavier Restrepo. Who is Xavier Restrepo? Well, he's Tyler Van Dyke's roommate, okay? And he's probably one of his favorite receivers, and I love his receiving props when that post. We covered last last week with him. It was over 46 and a half. It's usually under. He went to 68. I think he'll fly over any sort of mid-50s uh, receiver. Whenever Van Dyke gets in trouble, he finds Restrepo, who always seems to be open. So I like uh, any Restrepo receiving props when those things post, so keep an eye on those. So I like the over 49 and a half and uh, Restrepo over receiving yards. Just keep an eye on that post. We had P.J. Glasser on in our last segment, and he talked about backing those who, say, lost week one. And that makes a whole lot of sense. I think also, too, if you look at, say, Texas Tech, for instance, a a really good example here, a team that lost to Wyoming on Saturday – This was a team that averaged close to 90 possessions per game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, or Mm -hmm. plays per game, rather. Uh, Texas Tech averaged close to 90 plays per game. Uh, By far the most in college football, uh, Joey McGuire's bunch, you know, plays that up-tempo offense to some insane extreme. And in game one, they were just tempered just a little bit down to 82 plays against Wyoming. Uh, And I believe that does include overtime, perhaps. So it was even less than that. But I feel like at some point they're going to come back and return to that sort of up-tempo way. And even with a running clock, 
it, it shouldn't temper that too much, I don't think. And so just having more plays, more possessions, I think will help Texas Tech a good bit because they have to buy in bulk. They are the Costco of college football. And so in that respect, I feel like that should help the spread here. I, I get the temptation just to look at the total immediately when you're looking at possession numbers. But I do think when it comes to the spread, that matters too, because unless you're throwing a lot of interceptions or you're sputtering a lot in terms of three and outs, then having more possessions usually means more opportunities to score in some way. So in that respect, I like uh, the Red Raiders uh, to cover their number, and I think that should be just fine. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And obviously, you know, the the Nebraska-Colorado game, we you know, we've talked about it, you know, 58 and a half. That scares me. That total scares me because I just don't know if Nebraska can contribute to that 58 and a half. Um, I, I love more – and I've said it, Jeff Sims, the quarterback for Nebraska, he's a better runner than he is uh, a, a passer. He had a TD, three interceptions in, in, the, in their opener. But he, had, but he rushed for 91 yards. So I like any, any sort of Jeff Sims running props in that game. And, you know, getting three, catching three, three and a half if you're Nebraska on the road. I know they, you know, we've, we've mentioned it. They're terrible in one-score games, but they got to get better eventually, right? And – Mm-hmm. I can see them losing the game, uh, and I can see them losing, you know, in a tight one, but I can also see them covering if you can get three or you can get that hook at three and a half. Just waiting on that hook, J-Rod. Just waiting on that's it. Exactly and then it. I might be convinced to pounce. I, I think that's kind of where I am with them. And look, it, you know, they can lose a one-possession game and still cover three and a half. So that's Absolutely. definitely uh, part of the equation as you're putting this together. I'm just curious, J-Rod, when it comes to the University of Florida, because that was a really bad loss on Thursday in Utah. What's the reception down there right now? Are, are, is there some real concern for the Gators? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, first of all, in Miami, it's, 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 it's double the fun. The Canes won and the Gators lost, you know, and nobody's mentioning anything about the Knowles. But, uh, no, I think, I think Florida is, is, is they have reached sort of the end of the Internet and of this era. You know what I mean? I think it's time to, to flip the switch. I think the head coach is, is, is on a bit of a hot seat. I think they are expecting uh, better things, and I think that's, it's a good excuse if they need to fire them. Um, I, I think Florida is going to have a bad year. I think their run is, is – their window has closed, and it's time now to see what the future holds for the Gators. I, I don't see very many good times in Gainesville this season. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I really don't either. And I wonder if, say, ultimately the the takeaway from that is, okay, so maybe Florida finishes with roughly a 500 record, maybe even worse than that. Maybe now is the time to back some of those other SEC East teams that largely get overlooked, like a Kentucky or South Carolina. I get the Gamecocks lost to UNC on Saturday, but... Maybe South Carolina can still win a few games, string some wins together, and go bowling. Still very much a possibility. I get that Georgia and Tennessee are obviously one and two in that division, but maybe some of those overlooked teams, maybe even a Missouri, someone like that, maybe those are the teams we should be backing in some way, shape, or form because Florida may very well struggle that much. 
Yeah, I, th- I think those Florida wins, when they turn into losses, somebody's got to take advantage of it. I like Kentucky a lot. I like Kentucky, again, I like yeah. Kentucky to, to cover and, make some, and be a very profitable team if you're, in, if you're doing some sports investing with them. I like that play a lot. Definitely like that play a lot. Okay, so throughout the show, uh, J-Rod will be sharing some of his uh, favorite NFL plays as we get ready to kick off the season on Thursday. I first want to ask you about the Dolphins as you're down in Miami. And you and I have talked before about them as far as Tua Tagovailoa's health. And even though there are two elite receivers in that offense – And you have a great coach in Mike McDaniel, at least as far as an offensive play designer. I am curious, within that division, where they can finish. What say you? I think it's going to be the same as always. I think they'll be sucking to the Bills. Uh, I, I I don't really believe a lot of the Jets' hype. I think Aaron Rodgers, again, is coming off his worst year. And to all of a sudden, he's just going to walk into a new team and turn into Aaron Rodgers of, of, of four or five years ago. I think you're asking a lot. I think Buffalo has a lot to prove. I think for Buffalo, their window is closing. So they need to to, to pounce while, while the getting is, is there. I think for Miami, I've said it before, I wouldn't be surprised, Ed, if they were playing in the AFC Championship game. And I wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs altogether. They're just that kind of a team. Um, I think I think I love the Tua prop of over 38.50 and a half passing yards. I think he's got tons of weapons, tons of tons of options. I think it's it was very telling that they didn't go after Jonathan Taylor. I think it made a lot of sense in the sense that this offense and this game plan is set in. While you always listen when you have a Jonathan Taylor that's available, I think it would require them kind of installing a new offense. What a week. 10 days before the season starts, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And and it shows you what they value their running game as. It's important, but it's not what's going to make this team win. I'm curious to see how that defense is. Jalen Ramsey's done till December at the earliest. You have Xavier Howard back there. I think they're very... They're now more exposed than usual. I got Christian Wilkins. He's not happy. He's got a contract. We're waiting for Bradley Chubb to sort of really turn into the sack machine that they need. And, of course, it it can Tua be protected, you know, in the sense he's taking the judo. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to score a lot of points. I love the over in their in their opener in LA against the Chargers. It's sitting at fifty one. I think I think we could have more than fifty one at halftime, probably if if you really like that game. <laughs> I think we're going to see lots of to- lots of totals, lots of overs for the Dolphins. I think they're going to be an old school AFC, you know, forty, fifty, sixty point games. I think they're going to be a lot of fun, um, but I think they're only going to go as far as Tua. If they can keep them upright, they can keep them healthy. This team could make a run, but I still think it's Buffalo's division. I'm curious, too. You mentioned the Dolphins' defense, which will be one of the bigger question marks, I think, for this upcoming season. What does Vic Fangio's presence mean there? Because definitely you like the defensive coordinator, but the question is, does he have enough talent to work with? Right. Well, I think the 
the, the front line is great. I mean, I mean, they've got some serious star power there. The question is, you got Christian Wilkins who can't get a new contract because they don't think he gets enough sacks. Bradley Chubb came up way short in the sacks they expected. So if they can't get to the quarterback, I think they, it proves the organization correctly. And if the secondary can't keep big plays from happening without Jalen Ramsey, I think they're going to be susceptible to giving up a lot of points. So that turns the, the corner into saying, hey, we're going to have to outscore some teams. I think Vic Fangio brings the elements that could work, but if you don't have, as Ozzie Gein once told me, you can't win the Kentucky Derby with a donkey. And right now, this defense is not as impressive as it was. They're going to give up a lot of points. Yeah, it's that secondary I have a big concern with because quarterbacks are more than capable of getting rid of the football in, say, two seconds or less from the snap. And if they're just facing a ton of quick throws, I will be curious if this defense can sort of slow those types of quarterbacks down, not so much those who take a little bit of time for their release, but those who get rid of it quickly. That's going to be my biggest uh, question. But I completely agree with you about the Jets. Right out of the gate, exactly. Right out of the gate. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, today's MLB card right here on the BetQL Network.